Oliver Sibley. Welcome back to Outlaw Catholic. And today, again, I have Monet with me. Woohoo! Super excited to be back. Welcome. Thank you. It's been so long. I know. What the heck? I can't believe it was this long since you brought me back into the studio. <laughs> back in the studio. <laughs> but, oh, do you want to tell them about <laughs> whatever we went to Dairy Queen? No, I told the last story. You have to tell this story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, we were in Pittsburgh, just Monet and I, and we went to a thrift store and then after we were trying to find a bathroom and so we went into this dairy queen and there was a sign that said like no the bathroom was locked and they said like oh only people who are customers can use this bathroom and so we went to the <laughs> to the counter and didn't ask about the bathroom first <laughs> which so, we should have done which we should have done <laughs> now we know but right. so we neither of us were necessarily hungry mm-hmm. i don't well I think we ended up being on the drive home, so that was kind of a blessing. Yeah, we ended but, up eating, but it was yeah. like we just bought food then to find out that their bathroom was closed. <laughs> but yeah, we tried. But then we went to Starbucks and they they let us use their bathroom. So the code generous. is three hundred if you're looking. <laughs> yeah, if if you ever need to go to the bathroom in Pittsburgh, the code is three hundred on Carson Street. Yeah, Carson Street bathrooms. Three hundred. Yeah. And you may find a woman eating the fries right outside Calm of Calm down, all right? <laughs> that was kind of, it was weird. Okay. Anyways, what are we talking about today, Oliver? <laughs> um, I, I love to talk about some of the stuff that we had kind of referenced to last time we talked. So I just went back and re-listened to our podcast and there was a, a lot of references to dying to yourself and (laughs) are you do you want to talk about do you want to talk about death yes please can we do that (laughs) yeah let's do it i mean so for starters one thing that really does throw me off sometimes is whenever it's like we're praying like the good old bless us O lord before a meal and i'm about to eat this delicious food and then somebody throws in this prayer about dead people can you explain that? Why do we do that as we eat? Is it right, just because well, they for, can't eat? Well, first of all, for those that don't know the prayer we're talking about, it would be saying the blessings of the Lord and then saying, for the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, may they rest in peace. Amen. I really think it's just another portion of us dying to ourselves. One of the deadly sins is gluttony. Maybe it's like just keeping us in check before we eat, just to eat, right? That could be a good reason. Maybe. Or whenever I hear that, because I usually don't pray that prayer before I eat because if I'm sitting in front of food and my mouth is salivating uh, uh, well done if my if <laughs> if I'm salivating like a like a dog over this steak I'm I don't want to think about a rotting corpse but you know what's weird as someone who does pray that prayer after the blesses of the Lord I'm not imagining or thinking about that are you thinking about the souls more so yeah. than the mm-hmm. hmm. this could be it okay the heavenly banquet oh you're welcome i really think that's wow. it it's like having us okay so the mass is us seeing moments of the last supper like take place through the priest of persona christi as the person of christ and we are being drawn into this eucharistic celebration this feast with our Lord and the communion of saints and our brothers and sisters around us and the priests and the bishops, like who, like everyone who's celebrating mass at the same time. And now we're about to eat. I, I really think that could be it. I'll, someone please fact check us or like you can maybe like throw a resource underneath that explains it after, but I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. All right, sweet. We'll I like with it. That. Cool. Wow. Connections. Cause yeah, before I was just like thinking that's kind of weird. That's a weird prayer to throw in there now so much more hopeful <laughs> right and that's everything it should be like when we think of death we're like oh my gosh i'm freaking out which is again totally normal because there's so much unknown but when we think of it as like a beautiful light of we're already connecting our minds our souls our hearts our lives to the like what's coming in eternity which is god willing heaven for many of us if we are already like setting our minds in that direction and we're already uniting ourselves to like 
the souls who may be in purgatory, may be in heaven, the like saints, the martyrs and all these like men and women. Then when we get there to heaven, like we already are unified with them now, like the same way we can be unified with Christ now when we die. We're like, hey, old friend, like we've been praying for one another like this whole time. And that is the beauty of death where it's not so fearful. It's more of like the men and women who like DM me on Instagram. I have never, ever (laughs) met them in person. But when I, God willing, maybe in this lifetime, meet them in person, how excited will I be to be like, oh my gosh, we've been talking this whole time. (laughs) Like, isn't that like, there's some truth to that in the spiritual realm of like, we've been talking to these men and women who have passed on. But like when we see them, God willing, once we die, it's like, yes, I cannot wait to see you. And like, there is that joy. There is that hope of what's to come through death. Wow. This is so fascinating. Thank you for the topic idea. <laughs> I mean, we just, we just catapulted into this. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't waste time. You went into the area of the people that are present there. My head, whenever here on earth, whenever you say necessities, it's like, what do I need right now? It's like, oh, I need to, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like that's important. All right. I need to do my homework. It's like, no, you don't, you don't need to do your homework. You should. I mean, you should. The question is, what do you need? And at the core of it is food and water. As I'm thinking in this space, it's like, what are the things that I'm hungry for? Am I hungry for heaven? Or am I hungry for, I don't know, finishing... Like earthly pleasures or Yeah, something. or like finishing, I don't know, Breaking Bad or, or Peaky Blinders or something. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't encourage watching that. <laughs> Not as they're like the holiest shows, but like, you know, it's like there's sort of things that I say like, oh, I need this, but it's like, what am I actually hungry for? And that goes to like an ordering of self and like having an awareness of what should come first, what should come second. And like, yeah, that's going to shift. But the one, if we think of it rather like a totem pole, like there's this beautiful ministry called reform wellness that I went through when I had like a bit of a breakdown uh, last year. Breaking it down. Breaking it down. And they <laughs> used the image of the monstrance. And all the rays that come off of it are like health, sleep, fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, mental health. Like that's like these are everything that we experience and we should give time to. But at the center where like the host usually is like obviously should be the faith and should be Jesus. But how often have we taken one of those rays down and put it in the center and put Jesus onto one of the rays? Mm. And like, that's where this imbalance happens. And like, that's where like these necessities are necessities, but really they shouldn't be necessities. And it's like, we're hungering after the wrong thing because the fixation or the focus has been disordered, but it's getting ourselves back to that ordering where we can begin to see heaven a bit more clearly because we see Christ at the center of all that we do, all that we uh, say, everything that we think, all the people we meet, like he's right there in the center rather than like, okay, I need to get this like fix of like food, hunger, pleasure, whatever dealt with now. And like, I'm going to go to every extent to do that where if we only had that same fixation with our souls and like the state of our souls, would we then maybe run like rather to like the buffet table? We're going to run to confession. We're going to run to uh, spiritual direction. We're going to run to scripture. We're going to run to anything that's going to spiritually feed that to be able to continue order us mentally, emotionally, spiritually towards the greater things above, which truly death can only bring about. Death is the only thing that's going to be the threshold between us and like eternity, whether it's hell, purgatory, or heaven. So get that ordering back and maybe you need someone to help you. Like I need to reform wellness to show, holy crap, I have my schedule as my center. Like that is my end all be all for my life. And Christ has been bumped off onto one of the rays. Like he's still there, but he's not it for me. So yeah, I, I think that like goes into something there of this, like putting him at that center. And I think that could help with yeah. this looking forward of death. But I mean, another aspect of that, you know, it's like having your goal set for the forward, like, it, you know, having your goal set on God, but also that idea too, that 
dying to yourself how do, how does that fit into that because i feel like that's just a super practical expression of not just recentering but like an active reminder of like what am i doing why is my phone this important to me so for me like the first thing i think of it like for a personal thing is ever since i was in middle school like i can just like very clearly trace back like my first experience of uh like a negative view of my body image and seeing how that really just took a hold over me of like punishing myself with not eating food, like punishing myself if I didn't fit into a particular pair of like jeans or like it was just like beating up on myself and being like, I need to look this particular way and size. And like when I look back at pictures, I'm like, why did I think I was like so overweight or like why did I think I was the ugliest person ever? But I look at these pictures, I'm like, Luna, you're beautiful. Like and I had my mom like telling me these things all the time, like growing up and like I had really like wonderful family members who would like keep revealing this truth. But it was like such a fixation where like I had to do everything in my power to like look like this girl or look like this like model, superstar, famous person, like whomever. And like eventually I had this realization, I think it was at some point in college of I had to just die to that, like die to that expectation for myself that was honestly consuming me and be like, the Lord is not going to look at me someday when I get to heaven and be like, congratulations, Monet, you weighed this amount of pounds. I am so proud of you. Come share in like your father, like your father's house. And I'm like, he's not going to do that. He's going to be like, how is the state of your soul? I don't care about the pants size that you are or like how much you worked out and like working out eating habits, like my looks, those became my God for like a good portion of my life. And eventually once I like detached from that and once I died to myself of like what that had to be for me and it became less consuming and then I had more time to fix like my attention on other things. Like am I putting just as much effort into my spiritual well-being as I am my physical? Like, okay, yes, sometimes like the scale will tip and like one will be more important than the other at times. But there should be like always this happy balance as best as we can. And so in this process of dying to yourself, like begin to realize like what is the main thing in your life right now that has precedence and like should it? Because when I had that inward moment, like after so many years going by of, oh my gosh, I'm consumed with my looks. And like when I was in college, like my first couple (laughs) years, people would call me a narcissist. I loved looking at myself in the mirror. And like now, like I like it's fine, but like I still vividly remember like walking in the grocery store, another grocery store like story, like the last podcast. But like I'm walking down the grocery store, pushing the carriage and my mom's in front of me and like I'm checking myself out in the freezer section, like catching like everyone. And I run into my mom and like trip her, catch her, catch her ankle, like all this stuff. She whips around. She's like, what are you doing? And I had no excuse. I said I was just looking at myself. She goes, really? Like, look what's ahead of you. Like, what, like, why is this consuming you? And I'm like, this is a problem. But like, maybe it's not body image for you. Like, maybe it's something else. Or maybe it is body image. But stop like hearing what the world's saying or like putting out there for you to match. Because first of all, we do like death helps us remember like from ashes, like we, I'm going to butcher this from ashes. We came like to ashes. We shall return. Like we hear that on Ash Wednesday, like every single Ash you Wednesday. Dust into dust, you shall oh my return. gosh. Thank you. <laughs> ashes. <laughs> I'm thinking Ash Wednesday, right? But anyways, <laughs> it's just like this body will deteriorate. Like we have hope that when uh, the general judgment comes and the second coming happens with Christ, like our body and soul will be reunited again. Like that's why we are put into this earth and, um, you know, like, we could get into cremation if you want. But anyways, it's just like... I don't know enough about cremation. All right. Well, Scott Hahn's book, Hope to Die. If anyone is struggling with death, I read Hope to Die during the height of the pandemic when everyone was thinking about death. And it was scary and nerve wracking. But he walks through so beautifully what death looks like. What like the process of cremation, like how that started coming about. Why do we accept that? Like when we used to not accept that. And like all these like beautiful parallels and like 
understandings of like soul and body and like it connecting like beautiful so please pick up your copy hope to die by scott hahn um but i don't know i don't know <laughs> he's ta- not sponsoring us or anything he should <laughs> but he, i don't know he's way too smart to listen to this podcast i feel like this but pod- he's a humble man so he probably could he's just such a scholar that this would be like and we're not what he has written so many books and they're all very good <laughs> yeah very good for one of my classes i had to read his doctoral dissertation it is so many words but you can usually resonate with his writings this is completely different oh. this is him just showing to his professor that he's honestly probably smarter than his professor <laughs> wow it's called kinship by covenant and he goes through the covenants of the old testament it's wild well, sorry, this was a tangent. No, that's fine. It's, it is hefty scholarship. He knows what he's talking about. He's put the time. Oh in. yeah, yep. But um, wait to get you back on track. I want to note one thing that you said earlier, and then go back into the death stuff. It's like you had said that like you don't know if people were struggling with body image stuff. I just want to say like, this is I've heard it said that like this is like a woman problem more so than a man problem. And I just want to say that that is not true. Yeah. Like this is, this is an everyone everywhere problem of every age. Like I even see elderly, I see elderly women with eating disorders. Like this doesn't like, there's no like particular point in your life where you're going through a struggle of like any struggle. Like it will always be, and always will be somewhere in your life. And that's one of those things is like, you can easily be a slave to these sorts of things. And it's something that you might not be able to avoid necessarily if you're deep into it, but it's like handle it with mercy. You're worthy of love. And I mean, guys too, like I've seen dudes just like beat themselves up. It's like, Oh, I need to go to the gym. It's like, no, I can't go to, like, I can't do this or that, whatever. Like I need to go to the gym. It's like, why you're already like, massive or <laughs> like you're already like incredibly fit it's like what's happening here i know what you're saying because it's making me think to even just like those listening who are like but i enjoy working out but i enjoy dressing nicely but i enjoy like how i take care of my body or the good food i eat and like that's not to take away from that this is more so of like taking us back to that image of the monstrance like if one of those things are in the center, that's where you have the problem. And that's like where like a reordering needs to happen because that could lead to a slippery slope. If that makes sense of like that becomes our God or that becomes too much of our fixation where like the Lord does want us to enjoy these things on this earth because he is fully aware that this time is passing and like Mm. everything that the Lord has given us is, is good. Like, it has yeah. been created out of a good place. It's just through human sin, through human error, where we disfigure things and disform things. And like, then it becomes evil and mangled and like sure. dirty, but it's like, enjoy the good things of this earth, but also recognize that this is like, this is not the end all be all. There yeah. must be something more. And the only way we'll continue to like have those reminders is if we will be able to have a chance to like keep our fixation on the thing that is everlasting, which is Christ. I mean, through like sin and the warping through generations, it's like I've struggled with certain things. Like I have ADD, which is wild and I'm dyslexic and so many other things, you know, but if you have OCD or any of these things, it's not necessarily your fault. And like, I hope that what we're saying comes to you with a a sense of mercy and I hope we sound generous, but it's like, there's some things that are out of your control. Seek the Lord because he makes all things new. It's like, he knows you. Like he knows what you're struggling with. It's not that, oh, these people don't get it because they don't know that I can't stop this sort of thing. It's like the Lord knows. And that's one of those things, like, even if you live your whole life with struggling with one of those things that like you necessarily can't control. I mean, it's like, if you can control it, then great. Like more power to like cutting ties, you know, like for me, like I definitely took pride in dressing really nice for a long time and like, or just thinking I was cool. And so I just decided to mismatch 
and it was like hard at first, but I could do it because I wasn't so deep in it. But like, if you're on the other side where it's like, you, you don't see a way out, just like, remember that like the Lord knows that he knows you and the saint that's coming to mind. I'm forgetting his name. Describe him. He, this was a saint who I believe he was either a Japanese or Chinese man. And he was addicted to opioids and he lived. And he was denied getting to confession because he couldn't get over his yeah. addiction. So the, the priest, like he kept going back to the same priest whenever there were some, I think English priest who had come to his area and he kept going to the same priest and the priest got fed up and said, okay, like for your penance, you can't go to confession or like, no, no, you can't go back. You can't receive the Eucharist until you fix this problem. And this man was, he had been so deep into it. He was incredibly addicted that he, for the rest of his life, didn't receive the Eucharist, but still attended mass. And he brought his family to mass. Mm -hmm. And then his whole family later were martyrs and he asked to be the last one so that none of his family members would die alone and like what an extreme witness and model of the faith clearly christ was in the eucharist was still the focus for him and even though he wasn't receiving like it was still nourishing him the fact that he could have the strength for his family like up until their death yeah beautiful it's like that man is a saint Mm -hmm. and he was addicted to like drug drugs yeah it's like serious drugs Mm -hmm. but it's like the lord saw him in his efforts right it's like he didn't stop and so it's like for us like whatever it looks like for you it's like this man he did what he could and like i mean for us it's like I have to continuously ask myself, like, am I doing what I can? Am I noticing, like, what I'm addicted to? Mm -hmm. Am I cutting the ties before it gets to that place where I can't say no anymore? Yeah. And, you know, to, like, reiterate again, this is not, like, something that is to sound condemning or, like, we have it all together. Like, why isn't God at the forefront? Like, why aren't you thinking about heaven on a regular basis? (laughs) Right, yeah. And it's just, no, like, be patient with yourself. Again, it was about eight years that I had this, like, unhealthy view of like my body image until I was able to break free through the help of others around me and like through the grace of God, ultimately like shattering that lie. And like maybe for a really long time, like something other than Christ is going to, or even heaven is going to be at your forefront of your mind, but like, don't grow discouraged. Like, but like recognize that eventually like something will have to change. But at the same time, like don't beat up on yourself. Like if you're trying and you're like, this is like really hard. Like, this you know we're creatures of habit so it's like hard to like snap ourselves out of habit and like this is really hard or like yeah addiction is real you know all these different like struggles that we have like we don't want to water those downs water those down or even say like oh it doesn't matter like we're going to ignore those but it's like recognizing we need to be gentle on ourselves every day we are given the chance to begin again and the lord still has us on this earth for some particular reason and like death is coming for anyone at any time. But if you're waking up and your feet are hitting the ground, like thank him. Say, okay, maybe I don't want to be here right now. Like maybe I don't want to be up right now, but I'm going to thank you because your work through me is still not done yet. Yeah. And I need to be very much on the same page with you, God, in order for your will to be done. Um, and not taking anything for this life for granted. You know, I was just, uh, I have this wonderful friend of mine who's a religious sister now wow. here in Steubenville. And I knew her back home. I was doing spiritual direction there with the mother uh, superior. And every time I went there, I just kept hearing Edna, Edna. Eventually ended up calling her up and I said, you know, your name keeps coming up every time I come to the convent. And eventually she ended up checking it out. And now she's Sister Maria Leticia. So through the grace of God, like the Lord, because again, I'm like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, you know, discerning my vocation is really hard, God. But like through that difficulty, a vocation to religious life was able to be like had. And so this weekend I got to see her and I was with her um, and she was able to like reveal to me that, you know, when she was out in the world that she was like, she took a lot of things for granted. 
So now that she's inside the convent and she really can't leave because she is bound to her community, to her vows to the Lord, she's like, Monet, I have all these different moments where I'm like, whoa, I wish I didn't take my family for granted. I wish I did more with my life. Like before I entered into religious life, you know, there's so much that I was just very lax about. And how often is that the same for us? And like, praise the Lord that she's had this time to like have this time of reflection I mean, like, whoa, like, I apologize, Lord, for like just using this time aimlessly. But many of us won't see it that way because many of us may not enter into religious life or priesthood or whatever it may be. But are we having these, like you were saying, Oliver, like these moments of reflection of, am I doing enough? Like, not spreading myself thin, like, not to <laughs> that degree or like burning myself out, but how, like, sad would that be when we die someday? And because when we do die, like everything will be revealed to us, everything, all the good, bad, ugly that we did, it will be right there in our face. And like, we can't draw, like draw a blind eye to it. Like the Lord is going to reveal everything. And like, how sad would that be if we're just like looking through our life and we're like, I did nothing. Like I really didn't do anything. Like I was just too busy playing video games. I was too busy, like fixating on like the things of this world and not of God, like not carving out time for my family, like not praying, like really like passing out these moments to like pray the rosary and draw closer to our lady. For many of us, that will be the only time that we see and have a moment of reflection, but that requires quiet time and silence here on this earth to really like keep like checking in with ourselves of, am I, am I living a life that's going to get me to heaven someday? Because death can be knocking on my door at any moment. And like the last thing we want is just like this deep feeling of like, I really didn't do anything for like, like, do we bury our talents? Did we like push God out like onto the sidelines? Say, I don't need you. Put your light under a bushel basket. Did we? Hopefully not. (laughs) How you just said that the tone was so like dark. (laughs) not necessarily what not like because like for me i see it as hopeful like very very hopeful well yeah none of that sounded hopeful i mean no it was just kind of like are you doing what you can which it's not (laughs) like how many people are telling us that on a regular basis so yeah sometimes you hear it i mean if that's like the message that gets through but like for me it's just like a different angle all right i think about are you ready for this yeah let's hear it so i actually have a tattoo of fratra memento mori which is brother remember your death and it's like remember your death remember that you're not made for this world i'm made for the infinite like my desires like what i want what i'm actually longing for i'm not going to be satisfied here that's why it's okay to be curious it's okay to still ask questions it's okay to say god i don't understand this what's the deal with the rosary why is mass boring like it's okay to ask because we aren't in the place right now to know everything. And that's why it's so exciting for me to think about everything being revealed. Good, bad, and ugly, it's going to be revealed. It's like, good. Because I'm not going to be able to enjoy the banquet feast if I don't know my place there. And I'm sure my place is going to be <laughs> below the dogs. Just like <laughs> seeing like all of my weakness, all of my misery clearly it's like praise god that i'll be able to see it because right now like i'm so blind not actually but like right now it's like i'm so curious i'm so i'm just eager to learn i'm just like want to know what's going on i don't want to restrain my passions where like this is a kind of weird angle but like this is this is this is awkward not awkward but all right. <laughs> Whatever. So St. John Paul II has this quote about pornography, which says the problem with pornography is not that it reveals too much, but that it reveals too little, which is a strange thing to say. But it's that there's so much more present, a heart that's yearning, a heart that's not satisfied. For me, I often ask myself like, what do I want? Am I am I really enjoying what I'm doing? Is it okay that like I want more? Is there better ways that I can love? And in a way, like while still managing and directing 
kind of just ruthlessly like ripping off these sort of kind of awkward like limitation things for me with my passions it's like i i often just like oh like it's it's too it's weird to like tell a girl that she's beautiful oh it's it's weird to like admit that like i've fallen for a girl or like oh it's it's weird to talk to somebody on the street or like oh it's it's not normal it's like no 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 i want to talk to those people i want to tell this girl she's beautiful for me just the thought of heaven it's like it is an opportunity that's waiting for us where our passions can actually run. There's not people to say no. And so for me, the thought of heaven is exciting. Incredibly exciting. There's something that you say, Oliver, in that of like having this permission to just like ask questions. Cause first of all, like why do we have so many mediums who are out there are like palm readers? Like everyone wants (laughs) to know, like, first of all, is my loved one? Okay. Like, am I going to be okay? Like what's coming for me? Like, am I going to be all right? But usually these places are set up in like really sketchy locations. It's almost like at least the ones back home for me, like they're usually like down in like weird dark <laughs> alley. Like, and there's like a sign with like an arrow pointing where you have to walk. Like, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you been down the alleys? No, I'm usually like, keep me away from that. I don't want to get like messed up in all this like spiritual stuff. Bunch of gypsies. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> I see this, you know, when I was on the East Coast, when I was on the West Coast, like it it seems to be like this common theme of like, we're here, but like almost this embarrassment of like, we're going to go down the dark alleyway and like, hear like what's going on, like on the other end of like the spiritual realm. But it's because they're like, you were saying this like deep curiosity of knowing like, there are not just Scott Hahn, but there are so many other books that speak on death. Like if you are very curious of what's coming, first of all, you can turn to Revelation, you can turn to the Gospels, you can see like, how Jesus comes back again and he is like, he is joyful. He is just so excited for us to like be with him again. And he's like, I will be, you know, like with you till the end of the age. Like I'm not leaving you. Like I I gave the Holy spirit to be with you, to like help you, help you and guide you and like get you to eternal life. But when we get so scared of like asking the question of why did my grandfather die? Why, why did my grandmother die? Like, cause like I've been through, I've been through those kind of deaths and like I have those questions and thank God I have the Catholics and priests and religious and spiritual directors to ask those questions of, but for those that don't have those people in your life, still don't be dissuaded to ask, like seek out these good spiritual books, whether it's Scott Hahn or someone else, whether it's scripture or something else, whether it's the catechism of the Catholic church that reveal a bit more of what's to come. And then you do see the hope of it. Like, yes, there is this supposed to be, this healthy fear of death, but not this like negative or like unhealthy fear of death that like where we're running from it, but we should be welcoming it and saying yeah. like, there is so much more like in this world, there's pain, there's suffering, there is loss, there is defeat. There is like so much, but in heaven, it's, it's not there. It's all this love, all this love. Like think of those moments where you have like experienced the greatest amount of love. It's like <laughs> you have been given like a small sliver of the reality of what's coming for you. God willing, if you get to heaven, which is, I'm like, <laughs> what are you about to say? Come on. <laughs> I launch whenever I start thinking about that. It's like, you see like a small sliver of what's going to be in heaven. It's like, yeah, right That's now. That's a grace. It's like right now, like praise be to God that if we see any sort of light, but that sliver that we see right now is like, oh man, this one person or like my dog or this one smile that this stranger gave to me it's like those gifts of love while for us they might be a sliver that's a hundred percent of the pie in heaven that sliver it's going to be a speck mm-hmm. in comparison yeah i just see it as just i mean i've talked about this before on the podcast i think it was in the first the first podcast but it's like there, it's just, it is detrimental if you restrain the optimism. Have hope. Like the Lord is offering a bountiful feast. And it's like, if you're struggling with loneliness, like you had said it earlier, and I loved how you said this. I'm like, it's like where for me, it was like, what are you hungry for? But for you, it was like, look at all the people who are going to be at the feast. Yeah. And even like the Lord gives us these moments of experiencing this abundance in the moment of grace of love of 
uh, encountering him, whatever it is, because it just catapults us that much more of like, oh my gosh, if this is like what I'm experiencing now, what will I experience someday in heaven? Like this is why when we like, we have hope as one of the three theological virtues. If we're praying the rosary on a daily basis, which we should, we are praying for an increase in faith, hope, and love. And not just a hope of like, I hope to have a cool presence someday on my birthday, but it's no, I am deeply, deeply hoping for and longing for heaven. Like that is what's being placed on our heart. Like the Lord wants every single one of us to go back to him and like to also remember that death wasn't always supposed to be the case. It is a direct result of the first sin of Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. Like this was never what God intended. And so that helps us like in the smallest way, like remember that the Lord is not like, ha ha took a family member from you, like through death. Like this is also something of, this is this is just a direct result of sin but now we can rest easy knowing that maybe the pain and suffering they were going through is over or you know our suffering here on this earth will eventually be over and we'll be with him and we don't want to be in the internal flames of hell which we can read about through the mystics or through the eyes of the mystics and seeing like whoa that like that is for eternity like i don't want that or like thank god for purgatory because we can be purified of our sinfulness and like move upward towards heaven but then once we get to heaven if we have lived a life full of virtue of of love of just putting god first at everything then we will forever share in god's like presence and love and joy yeah but we like yeah if we don't know what dying to ourselves means now we're gonna have to make (laughs) up for that lost time when we die yeah i mean oh happy fault sure like death came into the world but through christ something better was offered it's like in the garden with adam and eve there's a potential to sin but with heaven it's like all your desires are being met and are flowing forth infinitely where you don't even want to look away there's not even an option it's like through the story of adam and eve you see just like there's a little bit of space somewhere in there of like god kind of leaves and then they like kind of comes back and then like you know there's like an encounter but something so much more profound has been offered and it's literally god giving his body blood soul and divinity in the eucharist we can experience that now Mm -hmm. but just imagine heaven would literally if we think we're vessels now of the Holy Spirit, we are literally teacups thrown into an ocean. Yeah. And we just decorate heaven with like our different characteristics. That's how I imagine heaven is like we're teacups in an ocean and we're just kind of floating, but it's so pretty. <laughs> and like Great Beauty and the Beast visual for me yeah, right now. <laughs> I love Beauty and the Beast. It's a Taylor's old time. <laughs> but like <laughs> Have you heard the John Legend? Yeah, I have. It's so good. I believe you. I love it. But (laughs) the quote that I love is JP2. How he, I don't know if it was something that he said or something that somebody else quoted on his behalf. Just whenever he saw people, he was inspired and he would remember people's names like for years after just meeting somebody one time because he realized that he was meeting Christ through each person that he ever met. He said he like with each face that he saw, he was meeting Christ in a different person with every human that he encountered, which is beautiful. And then to also have the hope that God willing, we're going to see them all in heaven someday. And then that goes back to the previous podcast that we did of like, there is maybe this sounds dark again, but like there is that <laughs> urgency of we must get as many people as we can. If the Lord is like having our paths crossed with certain people, we are being called to get as many souls to heaven because we want, we don't want to just be like, Oh, it was nice meeting you here on this earth. I'll see you later. Maybe, but it's like, no, good like, luck pals. See yeah, you. <laughs> right. Maybe. But it's like, no, this is why it's important. Like with the names. And like I said the last time, write the name down because then you're going to continue to pray for their soul to eventually be reunited with Christ someday. And then say they die before you, 
you're still praying for them and then they're returning the favor and praying for you and then you die and they look at you face to face and they go because of your prayers I'm here and then you can look at them and say because of your prayers I'm here and like we are in this together and you know like all these no one's gonna know truly what heaven is like until we actually get there and like knowing the fullness of it but the Lord has given us free will and like we have a choice every single day to love him or not and to work towards heaven or not. And you know what? If you don't want to work towards heaven, that is your free will. That is your choice. But that's something that the Lord is going to reveal to you when you die and say, you actually chose hell. You actually chose purgatory. You chose heaven. And our choices hold merit in this life and in the next. And so it's very important to be very aware of what our actions, words, and thoughts are being oriented towards on this earth because we are going to be held accountable for them in heaven someday. So I think that's like the biggest portion and biggest push that I want to encourage all of you listening to really do is just be very aware. Like every small act you do, whether in private or in public is being recognized by God and is either growing you closer to the heavenly kingdom or drawing you further. So we need to be aware of that on a regular basis. And like, yes, the hope portion is there, but like, come on, we got to have a little bit of like something like <laughs> drawing us to like, oh man, I, I, none of us should long for hell. None of us. Like I read this quote of the devil makes way, like there's no possible way to make the road to hell look sweet, but he puts things in our path that like almost make us think that it is sweet. Like these temptations, like these passions, like they feel good in the moment, like almost this like passing happiness or joy. But eventually once we get to hell, we're like, this is the worst. It smells bad here. It like feels bad here. Like it looks bad here, but the road to heaven is hard. And again, we've talked about that. Like it's really hard, but it's going to be sweet forever. So which one do you want? I think it's like something we need to rest with every single day. I haven't thought about this much, but whenever you die, you're going to know what's going on. And so I would imagine hell being like, just you see how just clearly your passions are not being fulfilled. It's like this emptiness. It's like going to, it's like going to Dairy Queen and being turned away, expecting a bathroom (laughs) and you're still holding it. Like you're like, <laughs> it's kind of fun, but just like in a way not to make this <laughs> as, as depressing as it actually would be to realize just how useless the pursuit, like, it's just so sad. But I, I think how you had said this very well, have hope. It's like in the scripture it says like faith, hope, and love. And the greatest and hope, of these is love. And hope doesn't disappoint. Is the biggest one. The biggest one is love. Okay, but (laughs) the greatest of these is love. (laughs) You knew what I was trying to say. Hope does not disappoint, which like directly relates to death. Yeah, I mean, it's like here now. It's like have hope. It's like, well, what does that look like? It's like, sure, hope is a mindset, but also a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle, but what is that lifestyle? Love. Do you have points there? (laughs) I started counting on my fingers the points I have. (laughs) Mass. I had this priest tell me, we have priest because of sin. We need someone to be in persona Christi and someone to administer the sacrament of confession. Priests are a direct result of sin. Like, I've never thought of it like that. But it's something where through the gift of the Eucharistic celebration we get a foretaste of heaven. So go to mass on a regular basis. If you want to know what it feels like and like reading, like truly listening to the Eucharistic prayers, everything is heavenward. Everything around you directs you upward. Like it it, it gets you outside of yourself. And then just like sitting with our Lord, like the most wonderful time that you can spend here on this earth is being face to face with him in the tabernacle in adoration. Those are like the two biggest foretaste of heaven that you could ever receive here on this earth. I think it's beautiful in the early church, just how clearly like their offering of the mass, their Eucharistic celebration was so centered around community. Like they rejoiced together. Just imagine in the early church, it's like they're being persecuted. If they gather together, 
it is very dangerous. But they see the people who care. They're fighting together. They say it's worth it that we're here together. And it's like now, it's like whenever I go to mass, if I look around, I see babies crying and like kids on their <laughs> on their phones or like brothers fighting in the back. But it's like, it's like rejoice in the community that you have as you share in the life with them. Because God willing, we'll be with them for eternity. Yeah. So if we're not loving community now, probably not going to like heaven. So that's <laughs> sorry, <all> introverts. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I want to say a word before we conclude about love. Cause the greatest of these, <laughs> it is the greatest of these. No, I know. I know. All right. Let's hear it. I mean, I also haven't spent much time thinking about hope as you say it. A message of hope. Yes. I have much I mean, time thinking that, about that's that. That's your spiel. That's mm-hmm. your whole thing. I was talking to a priest. This was actually a very beautiful moment in my life. So one of the times whenever I went back home from school, I was trying to go to confession and it was kind of a doozy trying to find a priest. But a fun little thing that I do is I just kind of grab priests. (laughs) Like if I see a priest, I'm like, hey, can you can you offer confession right now? And so I did this and. I actually got the opportunity to be the first confessee, like confessor. No. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got the wording right. Sorry. Yes. Let's try to what, What's the wording? I'm You're the... Um, penitent. Thank you. So there we go. So I'm the penitent. And this priest, this, I was his first confession. Whoa. And... It was such a beautiful confession. After he, we just ended up getting into this incredible conversation and he threw this at me. Like, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And he looked at me dead in the eyes, piercing my soul and says, do you know why the greatest of these is love? And I said, no. Because <laughs> I was just like, I was like, this dude is fresh out of seminary. There's nothing that my undergrad <laughs> theology degree <laughs> will compare. And he dropped this nuke on me that love remains. In heaven, there's no need for faith. And there's no need for hope. There's only love. It's the one thing that remains. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's because faith, your faith led you to hope. Your hope led you to heaven. And the two gateways to getting you to heaven were faith and hope. And so, yeah, you're right. And it's also love is such a curious thing because it's not just an idea or a fun thing to sing about or it's like it's an action and a subject and a it's a like it's it's a verb it's a noun it's an adjective it's literally (laughs) all of it Mm -hmm. and it's insane and it's a person first and foremost and it's wild (laughs) (laughs) because love it's like it calls you out it penetrates deeply you know if you get it you know if you give it like it's so real while it's like I can't properly draw a picture of love I can't encompass all of love in one phrase or one beautiful song I mean there's some people who like sing it better but like <laughs> they're like love doesn't stop and it calls us out and it calls us on and it. it's like and that's what we're called to do is like love your neighbor love God. <laughs> like if there's an application here, it's like, sure. Like be hopeful, like keep looking for more, but like look to love, look for opportunities to love. Ask yourself, like, are you letting yourself be loved? Is it okay with you if you're loved? Is it okay if your <laughs> body's not a certain weight or like these certain things? It's like, let yourself be loved and then let it flow forth. Yeah. How does that sound? Sounds good. It's, you definitely put me in my place with making sure that I knew love was the most important, but you're right. Like 
you are right and we all need that reminder on a regular basis and to be honest with ourselves of like no I don't know why love is the most important or like I don't understand like the theological virtual meaning of hope like so many of us don't understand it on a like deep spiritual level that can actually catapult us into heaven like here and now like heaven is not like this physical place that has walls like we do in our home it's living among us here and now and once we begin to recognize that then we can begin to live in this fullness of heaven now and there and we can be saints now and like we don't need to wait until we like die like this can all begin now and that's like the beauty of this catholic faith the lord gives us permission to begin choosing for him today and to begin living for heaven now yeah that was great whenever i talk about death i always like to um end in a saint gertrude prayer do you know which one i'm talking about for the holy souls the promise was whenever you pray this prayer a thousand souls from purgatory will be released so are you all right if i pray it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. let's pray it 30 times <laughs> okay in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen eternal father i offer you the most precious blood, blood of your divine son jesus in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory for sinners everywhere for sinners in the universal church those in my own home and within my family amen thousand what up start praying for us <laughs> honestly we need it <laughs> oh, wow that's such a quick prayer too and the promises connected to it are pretty amazing and especially like the yeah the beauty of like i've gone with a group of young adults and we've prayed that over and over again walking in a cemetery like anytime you pass a cemetery pray that prayer because you have no idea who needs it at that moment Monet, thank you so much for being on this would you like to throw your Instagram handle and website out just for the for the people who want to hear some of your content? You got it. So if you want to see what I'm up to and ways that you can just start partaking in ownership of your faith, morals, and identity, you can find me at my website, amhlifestyles.com. Or if you just want to go right to my Instagram account, the handle is AMH Lifestyles. And I will be so excited to have you guys journeying along because ultimately we're journeying to heaven together. Amen. Thanks, Oliver. This was pretty sweet. Of course. Round two. Maybe we'll do a round three in the future. Hopefully. Yes. God willing. Yeah. I'm Oliver Sibley. Monet Souza. This is Outlaw Catholic.